Hi, this is Dave Pryor from Leading Agile Sound Notes. First, I'd like to thank you for listening to these interviews. I really enjoy getting to do them, and I hope they offer valuable information that helps you, your teams, and your organization amp up your ability to deliver on the outcomes you're looking for. Second, I'd like to ask for your help. We're trying to find ways to reach more people with the podcast, and one of the primary ways that we do that is through iTunes. To increase our ranking and get seen by more people, we need one thing, reviews. So if you'd be willing to take a moment and leave us a review on iTunes, that's going to go a long way towards helping us increase the visibility for this podcast and get it seen by more people so we can help more folks. I'll have a link posted to the iTunes page in the show notes for this podcast, and if you can spare a few minutes, we would be really grateful for your help. And if iTunes isn't your thing, we still want your feedback. So you can always just send an email to dave.prior at leadingagile.com. Anything you have to say, good or bad, would be very valuable to us. Or if you've got a question you'd like us to address in an upcoming podcast, just send that as well. Again, dave.prior at leadingagile.com. Thanks very much for listening. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Dennis Stevens is back. Dennis, thank you for taking time out of your morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Nice to hear from you. Um, and you too. And you just did the Elevate Agile conference was a few weeks ago. So we're going to kind of lean on that a little bit and work on elevating the conversation. And I know we don't have a ton of time and we've got a bunch of stuff we want to go through. But before we do that, tell the fine folks that are listening who you are in case they're not familiar with you. So I'm Dennis Stevens. I'm a uh co-founder of Leading Agile. I'm the chief methodologist and one of the delivery executives. Um, and sort of what that means is just when it was early on, it was uh, me and Mike and a handful of really talented people delivering these. And now that we're um, in lots of large accounts, I end up spending more time uh, shaping how we're going to go deliver and, uh, and less time doing like actual team coaching. Okay, cool. Thank you. And at the conference, a big focus of that conference was shifting the conversation about transformation away from just tactical execution at the team level up to what does leadership need to know to help transform their organizations into a structure and an environment that can support and enable business agility. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah, that's good. Okay, cool. I was practicing that, so thank you. <laughs> Um, and, and what we're going to talk about, we're going to try to focus this conversation at senior leadership. But we want to talk about what they have to do to provide an environment where we, we might get a scrum team working and they're delivering, and that might be great, but the rest of the system is not set up in a way that's going to let that scale, and we don't want to scale dysfunction. And there's a lot of misunderstanding at the sea level, right? That's right. So what, what is the message that you want to send to those folks about what they have to do to prepare the world for scaling beyond one team that's delivering? So, so Dave, there's kind of a way to, to construct this story for an executive um, that I think makes, that makes good sense. And if you start with sort of the concept that what makes um, agile or agility appealing is the ability to sense what's going on in the market um, and respond to it, but in a very laser-focused way. Like, I know where I want to go um, to achieve my, my, my strategy right? With, with, with a customer in a market. Um, I'm paying attention whether they like the problems I'm solving or not, how I'm solving them. I'm able to uh, provide solutions that I can afford to support and deliver that uh, are aligned with like my, my organizational strategy. And, uh, and I can design in real time and deliver in real time with really tight feedback loops all the way from 
my my market customer desire all the way down to what I'm building. So so that happens really really well in a small agile team where there's a product owner who's talking to the customer and owns like the business outcome, right? Right. Right. So kids look at that and go, that's enticing. And and they they see this reality of the complexity of their world. They see the reality of the speed of market. They see the reality of competitors taking things. But the other thing they see is just a tremendous amount of not useful stuff going on in their organizations. Um, people sort of flailing and chasing uh, things because they're trying to be busy. Yeah. So so they they want that adaptiveness, but they also need to keep the whole thing focused and some some disciplined execution while being very responsive to the market, right? That's kind of what they're looking for. But there's the whole thing. Like in your Elevate Agile talk, you kind of went off for a few minutes about maximizing resource resource utilization. Like you're talking about everyone's got to be busy. We've got to have them working all the time. That is something that people are often still held accountable for. But you're talking about creating space for not just increased flow, but improvement and making sure that we're, we're actually watching the system and tuning it, right? Yeah. The fractal nature of the problem is this. My organization is designed to deliver exactly what it delivers to its customers. Okay. Right? I have to be able to now rapidly adapt what I'm delivering to my customers. In many market segments, I've got to be able to pay close attention and be able to change what I'm delivering to my customers to be competitive in a market. Um, in order to do that, I have to be able to understand how my organization is designed to deliver that thing and be able to rapidly adapt my organization. Um, when I've got everybody just working on projects, just order taking, A, yeah. A, I can't get the feedback from the customer and make the changes I need to. And B, I can't improve my organization's ability to do that. We end up looking at just shoving the next idea through, the next thing the customer asked for through. Um, and, and at the cost of a thing we call technical debt, which is where I've made local trade-off decisions so often that now it's actually I have, I have a technology product or a, a process that's um, quilt work together and doesn't, isn't very easy to change, isn't very malleable. Right. But you have the same thing happen in your organization. Your organization ends up um, unable to sense and respond, right? So this, this concept of project-based organizations where people get yanked everywhere, there's no ability to really pay attention and improve it as a, as an overall system of delivery. So, so you got to have both. I got to pay attention to my organization. Right. And, and the make market. Changes, and I got to be able to pay attention to the market and make changes to it. So there's all this focus on like project to product centric organizations. Do you think it needs to be instead of project to product, maybe to project to just constant change? I don't know what you would call it, but we want to create an organization that is rooted in the idea of constant change. Constant. And I mean, maybe that's what agile is supposed to be, but we, we put all this structure around it. If we want something that is constantly like adapting like a virus to whatever's going on around it. I mean, isn't that. Here's the fascinating yin and yang of, of things like this, right? Um, if I don't have a very structured and a very disciplined execution model, yeah, I, I can't be incredibly adaptable in delivery. I can't, I can't let people just sort of self-organize and, and in a big complex group, everybody's just sort of independently deciding what to do. We yeah. have to have an organization that we can put focus around. They all have to be focused in the same direction. So this, this concept of building a product-facing organization or a capability-based organization or um, 
something that's super valuable to the customer and I can measure the output of that thing with my customer, my value shape of my organization and my um, hierarchical shape of my organization are pretty closely aligned. Okay. Um, it actually creates more adaptability in responding to the market. Now, if I want to change my market customer, I know I have to change the design of my product. I know I've changed the design of my organization. They all have to stay in sync. So I'm just going to assume for a minute that we're getting good data from the marketplace because <laughs> that's, it's like too many problems at once. It, it, I can see where some C-level person now is like shaking their head up and down like, oh yeah, we totally need to have that. And they're going to go into work and be like, hey dude, make us that way. Um, but that, like how, how do they do that? I mean, how do they let go of the fact that when you say structure, they only know the structure they were taught coming up, which is totally command and control waterfall. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So one of the things that um, I've been talking about for a long time and we have begin, we, we began about 10 years ago to build into what we call our governance model, which is how we manage the flow of value, how we make sure we're making the right decisions at the right time. Yeah. Is we, we created an intentional model of which conversation should happen when and who should be involved in those conversations. And we based it not on keeping people busy, but on moving work through the organization as fast as possible. And one of the things that became really evident is um, people have a really hard time creating clarity around different types of decisions. And when I'm in a small team and I'm just working for this customer and I get, a, I get really good feedback and I build something and I shift over here and get really good feedback and, and, and solve something, that team is, is super malleable because that market customer problem understanding is really yeah. involved and the um, solution design implementation thing is really tight. There's no feedback. Or there's very little feedback and it's very malleable because it's all like on one team or it's on a team and a couple of smart people, right? So malleable, but with governance. Ma- malleable. <laughs> it's is, like fat-free fat. Yep. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Because the, pro- the problem was we put, our, we put our governance models in place. We don't think about building the system to be responsive. Yeah. We, 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 think, we, we think that we have to create our, our processes to be totally dynamic and, and all over the place. But once you get beyond a small team, that doesn't really work. So I've got to be very responsive in, in dealing with the situation on the ground that means I have to have pretty clear protocols for how I in- understand what's going on in the ground and how people orchestrate their work together to operate. Now, if I can create totally autonomous teams that are operating um, directly with the market, that's great. Nobody that we're going into at any of our large accounts are able to do that. Yeah. Let me, let me simplify it a little bit. Okay. The, the, the sort of point is, is that the, the way that you, if you have a stable system, if you have, if you have, if you have, disciplined execution taking place yeah um and you have good sensing ability so your assumption that we're getting good feedback from the market is not necessarily true right and we've done other podcasts on that topic so they can go check those out if they want yeah Yeah. but if you're getting good feedback from market you also need to be getting good feedback on how your organization is doing what you think it's doing okay it's the same sort of thing i've got to have sensing built into my design yeah Sensing built into my customer um, experience. Okay. I have to be able to use those two things because um, both of those are necessary to pay attention to. We don't spend enough time thinking about what the design of the system is, what the organizational design is and the rules for managing the flow of work is. Yeah. 
we make that be like a third or fourth sort of thing that we think will sort itself out. And the agile advice that that should all be self-organized is silly is, or, or irresponsible. Well, yeah, I would say it's irresponsible. I would say, I would say it's impractical. Naive. Complexity. Okay. Um, so you have to be, you have to create intentionality in the design of the system to allow you to be responsive to the market. Then you have to have, create intentionality in sensing how your system is performing. Yeah. You can make changes to it on purpose. Okay. Now I get to roll my question out. Yeah. Um, do you think then that what we need, I have to look at my notes that I was trying to write. We talk about governance. We need a governance, some sort of sense of governance around the organization being adaptable and and a governance around increasing flow and not a governance around controlling risk, which is what we have from a traditional model. I mean, you are controlling risk, but we're trying to minimize risk, but it's not like let's tighten everything down. It's what we're watching is our ability to move things through the system as efficiently as possible. Well, well, it's really interesting, right? Um, because there's more risk inherent in uncertain markets, building new things we've never built before with people we don't always control, contractors. Right. All these there's a lot more risk in it. So the way that you the way that you manage risk is not by putting controls in place that slow you down, but by getting work through the system in smaller batches and validating your risk assumptions frequently so you can so you can shift as you're moving. Okay. Um, you manage risk by having your risk management system move faster, paying better attention, not by creating bigger and bigger batches and slowing things down. But when you talk about bigger and bigger batches, you're talking about the product we produce, right? Not so much how the teams or where the organization's functioning to, to support this constant it, flexibility, it, right? Being kind of the same thing. If I have a really complex project I'm building. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I have a human factors and, and FDA compliance thing I have to look at at the back end, or I have um, a banking transaction thing I have to look at at the back end. Um, Waiting till I've built all seven components to test it at the back makes that testing take 10 times longer and I can find things that were knowable earlier. So, okay, cool. Slowing me down. Yeah. Not going, not making me move as fast as I possibly can within the constraints. So we're redesigning, um, we're redesigning compliance interactions with the flow of work. So compliance is an equal concern with the technology, which is an equal concern with, um, with the product and, and what the customer wants. So all three of those things are being considered all the time. Okay. So I'm going to go in a weird direction now. And I, and I have to go, so this will be my last question, but um, hopefully this one will work. I don't know if it's going to stick or not. Um, you're familiar with the Borg from Star Trek, right? Yep. Okay. So one of the things that makes the Borg so amazing at taking over everything they go near is that the moment one person knows something, everyone knows something. And they're able to localize decision-making because everybody's connected to the same basic idea and premise. Um, Yeah. So is that, do you think that that's going to emerge as the biggest problem in organizations? It's just that like, I learned something but it takes so long to get that information fed through the rest of the company and for everybody to figure out how to respond. Like, is that becoming the problem? Yeah, absolutely. And because I see a problem locally, but I've got to boil that up to the sea level and they've got to make a decision that's got to flow back down. And well, so, so here's the thing. If I can create, if I can create a network of 
which decisions are made when and what yeah. is relevant. And I know when that new piece of information needs to arrive to have a conversation about the next piece of work, I have a shot at getting that new stuff into the flow of work. Because it, it isn't possible to get it into 10,000 people's heads all at the same time. Like the knowledge management stuff where we tried to build knowledge bases and things like that, expert systems and all that, some of that's there, right? And some of that will, will help. Yeah. But pragmatically, I need to know that you just learned that this customer has this problem or, or that constraint or something over here. Yeah. I've got to be able to um, get that piece of information to the people that need it at the right time. Okay. And I know that this is a market customer um, class of information, not a color, not, not a design thing, not a color of a button on a field. And I'm using the word design explicitly to be um, like product design, not the whole design thinking model. So I don't yeah. want to, right? I, so yeah, yeah. Thing I don't want to trip into there. Aware of it, can talk about it, but that's not what we're discussing. Here. I've got to know the class, of the conversation. I was in a meeting um, last week where they were talking about how to solve very specific customer problems spending a lot of energy in the conversation around it in a market that we'd already agreed was not their focused market. And what level of the company was in this conversation? Um, C-level and direct reports and the managers below them. So okay. Wow. And it, was, and it was really fascinating how quickly the execution side of the organization got tactical because they're not used to being connected. But it's easy to go. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like a trap. It's like honey. Right, everybody wants to go tactical and solve the problem. So the so having a disciplined format, a disciplined flow for what conversations we're having, when, what types of decisions we're making at what level, is necessary to keep us focused at the right level. Do so, we need a, like a chief flow officer then, or a chief discipline officer to be like, hey, stop with the tactical? Yeah, except except I think that's just kind of what management's job is now that they're all working together to understand the system and make sure the right conversations are taking place with the right information. The discipline of having an intentional governance model facilitates that. Okay. Okay. Is that, is that helpful? I mean, is it, is yeah, no, it's great. And I'm going to, what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to attach a link to your presentation from Elevate Agile. And I'm also going to dig up the one we did um, before about market sensing. And I'll put that a link to that in as well. So if folks want to dig deeper on this, they can. But if they want to reach out to you and have specific questions, what's the best way to do that? Um, Dennis at leadingagile.com. Okay. This was great. It was awesome. I know you're busy, so I want to be mindful of that. I appreciate you taking the time out. But this was really cool. And thank you for the conversation. Thanks, Dave.